listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life Pullman Campus, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. Hey, everyone. Uh, hi. Um, we do, uh, this is a great time. Uh, to be a part of this church. Um, I, I personally get to see uh, the behind the scenes of how all this gets made and um, it's awesome. It's awesome to be here. Uh, and the reason why, a lot of times transition can be scary, daunting, um, and bring out you know, some, some tensions. Uh, but the reason why this is a great, awesome opportunity where we're looking forward to it is because we get to do it with you guys. Uh, you guys are a great congregation of, of people that truly believe in Jesus and want to show it. Uh, I can't tell you how awesome that is to get to be a part of that, uh, to go through all these transitions and not to, to lose anybody, but to, to gain more people as we've gone through it because we're excited to serve Jesus together. And that, it, it blows, me out, uh, blows me away. That's awesome. So thank you uh, for you guys and, and all your um, commitment to this church and to Jesus. So uh, that, that's, that's what makes this, this time an exciting time. Uh, that today, I got to see that, that video for the first time. Um, I might have told them not to, to show it. Uh, no, it, uh, my job as a youth pastor, it, uh, you can clearly see why they didn't hire me to be the worship pastor um, or hear why I didn't, yeah. But uh, as a youth pastor, my job is to embarrass myself from time to time. So there you go. Um, but that is, it's, it's an uh, awesome opportunity. We're excited about camp. Uh, this is something that I truly believe in because I know I, I've experienced it year after year that uh, every time we take kids to camp, they encounter God. Um, and that is like a 100% guarantee. So uh, th- it's a great opportunity. Uh, we want to help as many parents and families send their kids to camp. Uh, so we have an opportunity, to, 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 opportunity today, uh, right after church, uh, from 12 to 8 at Slice and Biscuit in Moscow. If you go there and order food or anything, 100%, and I'm going to say that again, 100% of their profit will be going to our camp. So the, the guy that owns it, it's an awesome opportunity. The guy that owns it goes to real life in Moscow and um, he's giving us this opportunity to raise money today. So if you are thinking about getting lunch after or know anybody that are thinking about lo- getting lunch today, which should be just about everybody, go to Slice and Biscuit in Moscow, order there. We're gonna have a whole party and stuff and you can come be a part of that. Um, Today, we are continuing our series, and you may have lost it somewhere along the way because this has been a long series. Uh, so I just want to recap and, and go back through what we've already talked about briefly uh, so that we, we remain on track. So we've been going through this uh, series called Shaping Faith, and the idea is how we can get in shape spiritually uh, and, and how we can work in internally on becoming a better Christian, externally as we deal with other people on becoming a better Christian, and eternally. Uh, and so we've been going through, we went through the core four, which was how we work internally. And then we've been going through this circle, uh, which represents a healthy community and how the elements of that, uh, that we need to learn and to exercise to have a good community here at church. And so um, we've been going through that step by step and, and we're on the last one today of the healthy community. So let's, let's look through what those elements are. First is conflict. That's what we're talking about today. Forgiveness, uh, ownership, boundaries, priorities in time, empathy, which last week we, I heard that there was something said about one of the members of our staff. An example used is how you deal with somebody that is never finding a wife. Um, 
It really hit home, you know? Like, I was like, man, I resonate with that. So it's almost like it was about me. Identity um, and emotional vocabulary. So, yeah, and by the way, I'm not 27. I'm 28, so it was hypothetical. Uh, so, yes, those are the elements of what a healthy community consists of. And you might look at that list and, and hit the first one and think, what? How is conflict part of a healthy community? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, when I think of healthy community or healthy relationships, the first thing I think of is conflict. No, of course not. Uh, that's, that's usually the opposite. Like as soon as I see conflict, that's, that's signs of unhealthiness. Uh, and, and I understand and I actually agree to some extent. But there is an element of dealing with conflict that we have to uh, understand. And I'm excited that I get to be the one that shares this because uh, in my 28 years of life, I've learned something that's important that I want to share with all of you. I, Corbin Lambert, am always right. 100% of the time. Man, first service laughed at that too. What is going on? <laughs> no, uh, but we do have a problem here because I usually think I'm always right. You usually think we're, you're always right. And the problem is sometimes that's not always the same thing. Uh, and so we, there arises conflict. And so we're going to talk about the, that today and how to deal with that biblically. Um, so let's pray first. God, this is your time. Uh, I personally give it over to you. Uh, whatever you want said today, whatever you want us to learn, I pray that you can show up. We, we give it over to you. This is uh, for you and, and not for ourselves, but uh, just for you to show us something new and, and teach us. So I pray, Lord, that uh, you bless this time and help us become uh, a good, healthy community that uh, knows how to deal with conflict. We love you, praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... The first thing we have to understand is that there's different types of conflict, uh, and we see them throughout the Bible. Uh, and in fact, I threw in the notes, you'll see that there's a story. I'm not actually going to read the story for you. You can read it on your own, um, but most of you probably already know it. It's the story of Cain and Abel, right? Uh, so they were the two first people born on this planet, uh, Cain and Abel, uh, Cain first, then Abel, and they were in charge of two different things. Cain was in charge of tending the crops, and Abel was in charge of tending the flocks. Uh, and so they had those responsibilities. And then one day, these brothers decided to give an offering to God. Uh, and so Cain brings his offering of, of whatever he had, fruits, vegetables, and all that like. And uh, Abel took the best, his firstborns, his, his most fattened animals. He brought the best of what he had to God. And Cain didn't do that. He didn't put the effort in. He just gave God something, which is nice, right? Giving God an offering. Um, but he still didn't put the effort in that Abel did. And so God looked, on, looked with favor upon Abel and not on Cain, which I love this story as a kid because it showed to me, hey, God doesn't like his vegetables either. So I'm not the only one. Um, <laughs> no, but we, uh, we look at that and, and Cain, Cain's upset because he wants the favor from God, but he's not getting it. Uh, and uh, he gets jealous, gets angry, and sees Abel and is like, hey, you have what I want, so I know what I'll do. I'll kill you. And so that's what he does. He goes and kills his brother. Uh, and the, so that starts the first uh, conflict that we see. Uh, and we learn from this story the three different types of conflict that are prevalent throughout the entire Bible, throughout history, and probably you can look in your own personal life and think, yeah, I, I've dealt with that too. Uh, so the first and most essential one, because it starts all the rest of the conflicts, is God versus man. Uh, God tells uh, a or Cain, as he's thinking about it, and he's getting all jealous and stuff, God tells Cain, hey, 
your uh, sin's crouching at your door. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're feeling. Don't do it. Um, and Cain does it anyway. And we see this disobedience to God. And, and you see, this is where conflict arises is because sin enters into the world and we all break free from something very important. Uh, we think that uh, healthy community doesn't include conflict because it shouldn't. We should all be completely, perfectly subservient to God. We should all be bowing wholeheartedly to his will and interject none of our own. We should be obedient as, as much as possible to God. And uh, if we all did that perfectly, then we wouldn't have conflict. But here's the problem. Ever since the beginning of time, we've been dealing with this because we, dis- we disagree with God. We have moments and, and every single person in this room is guilty of it. Uh, we, we disagree with God and because of that, sin enters in and because of that, we have conflict and we have to deal with it. Uh, so there's no getting around that. Uh, and then we see also in the story of the second type of conflict where uh, man versus himself. All right, so Cain is struggling, right? Uh, some of it is pretty obvious. You know, you'll see it in your own life where you'll have a desire and another desire and they won't fit together and you have to decide between which desire you want to follow. Um, but in this case, it's, it's, it's a little different. Cain uh, wants God's favor, but doesn't want to do the effort or make the effort to, to give God a, a good offering. Uh, and so he has the desire for good, for favor, but he also has a desire to be lazy. And because of that, uh, there's that tension and he, he has a, a conflict within himself. So that's, that's our second type of conflict. Uh, and both of those are important to understanding this one important thing. No matter what you do, conflict is unavoidable. Even if somehow you manage to escape the rest of humanity, you will still have to deal with yourself and God. And so because of that, you're going to have disagreements between yourself and God, uh, and, and you can't avoid conflict. So conflict is unavoidable. Um, and then we, that brings us to our third form of conflict, uh, which is man versus man. And that's the one we're talking about today, because again, we're talking about healthy community, and uh, that's how we deal with each other. And there has to be conflict between us, because once again, we have sin, and I have what I think is right, you have what you think is right, and sometimes those don't line up, and we have disagreements. And so we have to learn how to deal with that conflict, and fortunately, Jesus tells us exactly how to do that, uh, and the tools that we can use uh, to not only uh, avoid the negatives of conflict, but turn it into a positive. And so we're going to learn that today as we talk about conflict. But before we get any farther about how to deal with it, I want to give us a warning. Uh, actually, Solomon wants to give you a warning, and it's in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. It says this, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And m- many of you have probably heard this before, especially in the topic of conflict. Uh, and the reason why is because that's, that's kind of what it's about, that as we deal with each other, we're sharpening each other, and uh, that is at the same time a good thing, right? Most people take this to be a good thing, that we're sharpening each other, because an iron by itself isn't very useful, but if you sharpen it, it becomes a tool, something useful, something that can protect you, something that you can use to um, make a plethora of things. And so sharpening is a good thing, right? And, and they, in Proverbs 27, 6, Solomon also says that you can trust the, the wounds from a brother more than the kisses from an enemy. And he's saying that that's, that's something you should be looking for is, is those disagreements, even looking forward to the conflict uh, so that you can become sharper and be more useful. But 
right before he says this, before he says iron sharpens iron, he's talking about a quarrelsome wife. In verse 15, he's he's talking about how it's better to have a leaky roof than a quarrelsome wife. And so we see that there's two sides of the script that if you're becoming sharper through conflict, you're becoming more dangerous. And so there's two sides to that coin. On, on the one hand, yes, you can be uh, more useful if you, if you sharpen yourself or become sharper. But if, if you become sharper, you also become more dangerous. And so he wants to give us this warning to uh, utilize this for the good. And, and since we already know this one fact that we just learned this, that conflict is unavoidable, we're all becoming more and more sharp as we live our lives. As we deal with conflict, as we, we disagree with each other, we're learning different perspectives and we're all uh, gaining in our sharpness. Uh, and so we need to learn how to use that correctly or we're going to start to hurt people. And maybe in this room you've been hurt because people didn't wield uh, their sharpness correctly. Uh, And so that's what we want to learn today so that we don't hurt people, we instead help them and we're useful and and productive. Um, So that's what we're talking about. Uh, And Jesus tells us exactly how to deal with this. Now he's talking about how we catch someone in sin uh, and that's conflict between God and man. But uh, the same principle and the same process can be applied to how we deal with each other too in conflict. So we're going to look in Matthew 18 at his words and we're going to go verse by verse and see how he tells us, Jesus tells us in his own words, how to deal with conflict, how to look at each other and reach out to each other. Matthew 18, 15. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. And so right off the bat, he's saying, if there's a conflict, if there's something between the two of you, they, someone's hurt you, you've hurt someone, let's, let's sit down and talk. Between who? The two of you. Don't involve anybody else. Don't start gossiping. Don't start making the situation worse and exacerbating everything. No. Take that person aside and talk to them. Because Jesus understands this. A lot of conflict arises because of misunderstanding. It's a simple thing. You did something that hurt me, uh, and you didn't even know it. It wasn't your intention, but I took it that way. I took it as your intention. Uh, and so Jesus is, is telling us, hey, you can avoid a lot of messy situations simply by just going and talking to the person and uh, hashing out, seeing like, what, what did you actually mean by this? And taking that person aside and trying to deal with that situation before it gets any worse. So that's our first step. And we got to look at people when we're in conflict and respect them enough to just take them aside and say, hey, what's going on? All right? Something's, something's off between us and let's talk about it and let's see if we can resolve this conflict. So that is the first step. Now, if, you've, if you succeed there, then we're, di- we're good. We're done. The conflict is resolved. But if we don't, um, we have to move on to step two, which is in verse 16. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that the enemy or so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now, the key word here is witnesses. He's looking at uh, people that aren't necessarily directly involved, but still know the situation. So your goal isn't to go find two or three people that agree with you and gang up on somebody. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, go find some people that understand the situation 
but aren't necessarily directly involved so that they can mediate and understand what's going on and try to solve the conflict together. You have your idea, they have theirs, and this person, these two or three witnesses are in between trying to help resolve the conflict and point out, all right, you have some good points, you have some good points. Does that make sense? So we're not looking for people uh, that will just gang up with us, no. We're looking for people that can help resolve the situation. Um, and then we move on. Uh, that, if that works, sweet, we're done. Uh, but there's another step that in case that doesn't work, we move on to the next one. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, uh, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. Now, this one rubs people the wrong way um, because we, we, that's, that's a scary notion, right? Um, we're going to drag people up here and, and talk about their sins in front of a whole bunch of people. Now, that's not what Jesus is talking about. Uh, the church at the time was much smaller and the people in it were all doing life together. So what you'd have to understand is that when he says church, he's talking about our home group, right? The people you're doing life with, the people that know you for who you are, not just a bunch of, of strangers. We do church a little differently now. We have more people. And so there's some of you that don't know other people. Uh, and, and he's not saying go and make them confess their sins in front of those people. No, he's saying the people that you do life with, the people who know you, let's deal with this conflict with those people. Let's involve the people that are already involved in your life. Uh, and, and let's see if we can resolve this situation as a group, a group of people that love Jesus and are working together to grow closer to him. Let's, let's take our home group and, and talk this out. Um, we're not about bringing up people in front of 500 people that they don't know and, and calling them out. Now, if that doesn't work, hopefully that, getting all those opinions together can resolve the conflict. But if that still doesn't work, he says, treat them as a t pagan or a tax collector. And I think a lot of us would cringe at that and be like, oh man, that's rough. But let's think about how Jesus treated pagans and tax collectors for a minute. He didn't hate them. He didn't walk away from them. He didn't say, you know what, I can't talk to you anymore. No. In fact, he spent all his time on earth with pagans and tax collectors. That's what he was doing. He went to their houses and had food with them. He loved them. He cared for them. And one of them became his disciple. So this is, this is the way Jesus wants us to treat uh, each other, is it, to look at that, go through this process of respecting each other enough to say, hey, if we're in conflict, I'm, first, I'm going to make the effort to seek you out, all right? And, and if that doesn't work, I'm going to get some people to help us uh, deal with this situation. If that doesn't work, I'm going to get our whole group together, everybody that knows us, and we're going to hash this out. And if that still doesn't work, I'm still going to love you. We may not be on the same page and we may have to go our separate ways because I'm growing closer to Christ, but understand this, that I still love you. I'm still here for you. I'm still trying to care for you. Uh, and I want us to get back on the same path again. I'm still looking for that, but you're currently not willing to uh, negotiate and deal with our issues. Uh, so don't run away with the idea that Jesus wants us to hate people. No, no, no quite the opposite. He wants us to love them and respect them. And you see, we in today's society, we have an issue with this. Uh, our issue arises from uh, how we look at movies, like, right? As soon as you, you're the protagonist of your story. You're, you're looking at yourself and, and whenever you have a moment where you're like, I'm right about something and that person is wrong, they become the antagonist. And something about antagonists in our world today and stories and movies and things like that they don't have humanity anymore, right? 
they're the enemy. They don't deserve rights. They don't deserve uh, our understanding. We don't want to think about, you know, what caused them to go through the pain that they're going through. We only think about the issue at hand. The fact that I'm right and they're wrong. That's what we think about. And so we put our opinion, our point of view above their own humanity and suddenly they don't deserve anything. They don't deserve respect. They don't deserve love. And Jesus is telling us the exact opposite. He's, he, this whole step isn't about like, hey, this is the steps to kicking someone out of the church. No, this is the step to avoid that at all costs. Let's take every measurable way to go and reach out to this and resolve these conflicts before they become too bad. Jesus is saying, these are our last ditch efforts. If, if you can't do it alone, get some people that can help. And if they can't do it, get the whole group together and, and go reach out to people because we don't want to fall apart. We don't want to let these issues, these point of views, these differences to get in the way of what we're doing here. That we got to work together and recognize what's most important. And even though you might disagree with me on certain issues, we can still do that. Uh, We can still disagree uh, on some things, but agree on what's most important and work together and be effective for Jesus. And so he's saying, "Let's, let's, let's reach out to each other. Let's resolve conflict at all costs so that we can stay together. That's the heart behind what Jesus is saying. Respect each other, love each other. But he doesn't stop there. Uh, He keeps going. Uh, So in verse 19, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And when I came to this verse, I thought, what? (laughs) What are we talking about? We were just dealing with conflict and Jesus has this tendency to be way smarter than all of us. And so like, we're looking at like, oh wait, you lost me. Where'd you go? But he actually just said this to Peter. He said these words in chapter 16 to Peter right after he said, I'm giving you the the keys to the kingdom. I'm giving you the responsibility. I'm giving you the privilege of reaching out to people and opening the doors for them. I'm giving you the ability to reach out and, and give and direct people towards the gates of heaven. I'm giving you that opportunity. And he says that to Peter and, and Jesus is now liking it to all of us that we have the keys of the kingdom and what we bind will be bound and what we loose will be loosed. And we have the opportunity to reach out to each other and conflict is, is one of the important ways that we do that, dealing with conflict. Because again, it's unavoidable. We have, to, we have to deal with conflict. It will be here in this church. We're a group full of people. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty stubborn. Uh, and I, like I said, I think I'm always right. And so we're going to have some conflict. And if we, can, if we can get through that together, if we can learn to sharpen each other and use it for good and be helpful, then we can be a productive group of people. But if we allow those points of views and those conflicts to get in between uh, our, our respect and love for each other, if we allow that conflict to deride us from what God wants us to do as a church, then, then we're going to fall apart. And so Jesus has given us the awesome opportunity to continue to reach out to people and to love them, respect them enough to give every effort to resolve the conflict. Um, and then he finishes this little section with something you've probably heard many times. Uh, again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, ask, they ask for it, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Jesus, I mean, he says this, uh, this, this bold statement of, hey, if you guys work together, you're unstoppable. 
Now, I want to add a caveat into this that I think uh, he means, like, with the purposes of what he's going after. Like, if you guys agree on what's going on, like, what's right about Jesus and our mission, which at this church, if you don't know, we have it plastered everywhere, and we want you to know that here at Real Life, our goal is to share, connect, minister, and disciple. Like, that's what we feel called to do here in the church. And if you can agree with that, if you can jump on board with that, uh, just two or three can do a lot of work, but imagine this whole church. And in fact, you don't have to imagine. Look at what you're already doing. Look at the difference that we've already made in our community and it keeps happening and, and that can keep happening. We can keep making a bigger difference in our community and, and showing them the love of Christ. All why? Because we agree on what's most important. And that's what Jesus is saying in this passage. Like, I am with you. I will be with you. If you're gathering in my name and if you're doing what I called you to do, you will be unstoppable. You'll be a force to be reckoned with. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do is as we deal with conflict, as we resolve our issues, that we can learn to uh, be unstoppable in this way, that we put what's most important uh, on off the forefront of our mind. And that, that is how we can allow this conflict, which has the potential to be very hurtful. Uh, you, you who are married, you, you understand that, right? You, you, know, you know that conflict can be, uh, you, you probably know, your, and, and anyone that has a relationship, you know the buttons you can push to really make the situation worse or, or better. Uh, and so you have the opportunity now in our dealing with conflict as, as you become more and more sharp. You have the opportunity to use that for good, to be helpful, to be a tool used by God, or you can be hurtful and cause pain. And, and the key to both of those things is to respect each other and love each other. If we don't allow our enemy's uh, humanity be, to be lost, if we, if we don't allow uh, our point of view to be more important than that person, then we, we will be helpful instead of hurtful. But if, conversely, if we allow ourselves, our point of view, and the, the fact that we believe we are right to become more important than each other, then we're going to be hurtful. And many of you probably have experienced that, unfortunately. So that's what Jesus is calling us as, as a community of believers to do today uh, is to handle our conflict well, to be healing and helpful in, in Pullman and the Palouse, to be the church that, that reaches out to people and they know, oh, okay, these people love each other and respect each other even when they disagree. Wouldn't that be awesome? I think that that's what this church can be known for and is already becoming known for. And I love that. I love that we don't put ourselves and our points of view above each other, that we recognize each other for who we are, that we're both, we are all stuck in the same situation where we have sin and we need a savior and we're called to serve him. And so I think that that's awesome and that's what we're already doing and I, and I implore us as, as a community of believers to continue to do that, to use conflict for the good rather than allow it to become a negative. Um, so we're gonna take communion. Uh, so if the people that are passing that out can take that out or start handing that out, please. We have uh, a, a question for you this week, uh, something to think about. And it's kind of like a question, but it's more like a, an exercise of thought. And then an actual challenge for you. We, I'm giving you homework because that's something, I, as the youth pastor, that's something me and my team came up with that every week we want our youth students to be challenged to do something. We don't want them to just simply come to a youth group and have no practical way of living out what they learned. So we come up with a challenge each week. And so I, as, as a youth pastor here, want all of you to go through the same exercise uh, to have a challenge. So the first thing we have is, is a question, 
or yeah, this is the question. Review the story of Cain and Abel. Look through it. It's in your notes if you don't have a Bible, Um, but you can read through the Bible, Genesis chapter four. Read through the conflict and see where it begins. Look at Cain's story. And this is gonna be interesting because some of you might have a different opinion of of where Cain's conflicts originate. So look through the story, read through it, and, and try to see where Cain's coming from, where his conflict arises inside of himself uh, against God and against his brother. The second thing that we're going to be talking about uh, this week in our home groups is we're going to look and identify something that might be preventing you, preventing you from respecting someone. So look inside and, and, and think about maybe something that you might be putting above someone else's humanity. Rather than respecting someone as a human being, uh, as a fellow sinner and believer in Jesus, if there's something that you're putting above that, uh, that and, and don't feel bad, we're all guilty of the same stuff, so let's, let's look at those people that, and identify something we're doing um, and uh, talk about that and see how we can deal with that in our home groups this week. And the last one is the challenge. Take a step, so as you think about maybe some ways that you're... Um, not respecting someone, or maybe you have conflict somewhere, look at that situation and find somebody and show them some love. That's your goal this week, that by next week you will have shown someone that you might have in, be in disagreement with. That means for some of you that are easygoing and your life uh, is perfect and you get along with everybody, you have to go and find some conflict. No, no, I'm not saying that. Um, no, but if you're having conflict with somebody, Right now, think about that person and find a way to show them some love. And understand this. This is key. Don't expect a good response. Don't go into it expecting something in return because then you're, you're not doing it for the person. You're doing it for yourself. Think about how you can love somebody and, and don't care how they're going to respond because it, the goal isn't, isn't to get that response. The goal is to go and love them because that's what you're called to do. So look about, think about that this week. Try to show love to somebody uh, that you're in conflict with. Um, we're going to take communion and this is the perfect representation of what Jesus um, is talking about here. And while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We were his enemy and he still showed us love and he came down and he, he made every effort because he was determined not to lose us. And any way he can resolve the conflict between us and God, that's the measure he would take. So it resulted in the cross and that's what we are remembering here Uh, as we take communion. So the first thing he did is he passed out the bread, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat everyone. Then he passed the cup to his disciples and he said, this is my blood which I shed for you. Take and drink everyone. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving and respecting us enough uh, to send your son to resolve the conflict between us. I pray, Lord, that as we become sharp tools on this earth, uh, that we can be used for you for good, that we can be used as tools for healing, um, that we can be helpful. And I pray, Lord, for any of us that are struggling with conflict right now, maybe even in this room, God, we're a room full of sinners and and there tends to be that uh, tension, God. And I pray, Lord, that you can help us resolve our conflicts uh, and focus on what's most important, serving you. Uh, So I pray, Lord, that as a church, that you can be the forefront of our minds and that we can turn our hearts and minds back onto you and and make you the sole focus that our purpose is your purpose and our will is your will um, and that we can be used by you to help this community. We love you, praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life on the Palouse. You can find out more about us by visiting us online at liferotp.com 
and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.